Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees. So the Yankees, you know, after sweeping the Mets, only lose two games. Um, had a chance to feel good for themselves. Again, at that point, three games in a row. Heading out to Oakland on a, this long West Coast road trip would include Oakland, Anaheim, and then a stop in St. Pete's Tropicana for three games against the Rays. First, finally coming home to New York. Now, if you remember, the Yankees' previous road trip early August was an absolute disaster um, against the Cardinals, against uh, the Mariners there. I mean, they got swept by the Cardinals, um, able to get one game against the Mariners there, and, of course, losing um, two out of three to the Boston Red Sox. So, again, it was like a two-and-seven road trip there. So, you would hope for better things against two clubs, both Oakland and Anaheim, are just in a bad place right now. Um, you know, record-wise, almost the opposite. Yankees almost uh, almost 30 games above 500. Oakland starting off 30 games, around 30 games below 500. So you figure an opportunity against four, four games there to really, you know, pick up on that little good little finish to the homestand there and build up some wins again just to start getting back into the winning ways the way the Yankees were back, you know, May and June and not the way they were for the most of the second half of the season where a lot of Yankee fans are starting to get a little anxiety. So a uh, couple of moves before the start of the series, as we knew, Jaron Carl Stanton out for a while with the Achilles, finally making his return after a successful uh, rehab assignment as well as taking some BP against Severino and, and guess not feeling any effects. So he comes back to rejoin the team there. Uh, but since he rejoined, they had to drop somebody, so they ended up dropping Estevan Floriel back down to the minors there. And it quote made sense there because Cabrera offers the Yankees a little more flexibility. I guess, again, in their brief time here, Cabrera's been a little bit more impressive. And again, he's more flexible in the field. He can play outfield as well as infield. You know, Florial's is kind of relegated to being a center fielder there. So, uh, so Stanton was aboard, and the Yankees uh, jumped on James um, Kilbarian right away. Um, it was going to be Jamison Tyone versus Kilbarian, and the Yankees jumped on him right away. In the second inning, already up to nothing. Stanton got a, an opportunity to you know, get right back in the swing of things with the bases loaded. Ripped a single, able to score two, put the Yankees up four nothing, and then by the third innings they chased the starter out of there, up eight nothing um, in this game, and the Yankees pretty much cruised along the whole way. Probably one of the more interesting caveats was going to be uh, the debut of Greg um, Weissart. Now, why saw you've been hurting a little bit? Uh, rumors that he was going to come here. Now he was the Yankees' AAA closer uh, with 18 saves. Um, Pitching to a 1.76 ERA uh, with an impressive 67 strikeouts and only 46 innings. And since he was closing games, you figure maybe might be throw his name to the hat there as some uh, a solution for the Yankees who just kind of you know lost for a while with no Clay Holmes and not sure where his head's at with Chapman not sure where his head's at. at and the Yankees is kind of rotating some guys in there like Trevino Peralta once in a while. Um, Lawyer is a good to close game, so maybe possibly Weissel could have been a solution there. Um, so they ended up bringing him up. Reason being is that Nestor Cortez uh, came up with a groin injury, so he needed to go on the IL. So to get some to, to get a, to make a spot for him, they ended up bringing up Weissel, and he would make his debut in this game. And he's also a local guy uh, from uh, Bayshore, New York. Might be a Mets fan. We don't know about that, but did pitch um, for the Fordham Rams uh, there. So again, a little home flavor for him. But unfortunately, his debut was not that good. Now the Yankees uh, had you know had the opportunity to you know let throw him out there. They're already up thirteen to one. Um, again, the, the Oakland's only scratched one run against Tyone, who had a good quality start. Only gave up one a solo home run in six innings of work there. Uh, but Weissart unfortunately completely imploded. Um, Ended up hitting the first two batters he faced. Did get a fly out, but then ended up walking two runners, including walking in a runner. A big no-no there. Uh, so only able to register one out. So, of course, Boone had to yank him out there. And Lucas Lucky had to come up and pick up his mess. Um, now, he would be ultimately charged with, with three runs total. Uh, but again, Lucky was able to get out of that inning and complete the game. And the Yankees would 
end up uh, taking that first game 13 to 4 there and it's good to see the Yankee offense finally put some runs on the board there and especially just good to see Stanton back there um, you know and then just kind of calm some of the fears that the Yankees were having a lot of these games were just scoring one run and no runs like that uh, so to drop 13 great way to start you know start off the road trip now, the second game of this four-game set against the Oakland Athletics was going to be the most intriguing for a couple of reasons. Um, now, if you remember, when the Yankees traded to get Frankie Montas from the A's, uh, they ended up parting with, with J.P. Sears, the lefty, who the Yankees saw a little small doses with, and overall was you know pretty good while you know, in pinstripes from the Yankees, whether they used him for the couple of spot starts or out of the bullpen. And, and of course, going up against Garrett Cole, who, again, Garrett Cole's been hearing it lately. Um, again, is having kind of a bizarre season, having, you know, got... Um, Blew up there in his last start um, against the Toronto Blue Jays. Heard it from the Yankee Stadium crowd. He was, you know, obviously um, visibly upset in the dugout. And of course, the next game when um, Alex Manoa hit Judge, you saw you know Cole come out and draw with him a little bit. So you know, Cole a little chippy lately. And of course, again, he's not really having a great, great season or a good season, but not a great Garrett Cole season. So. And, and, of course, you know, you heard all the murmurs, again, uh, with Jordan Montgomery, because once he's in the uh, St. Louis Cardinal uniform, again, in his first few starts, 4-0 with a ERA, which covered last time, below zero there, and including his last start in Wrigley Field, um, pitching a complete game one hitter. So it's like you trade these great guys away while you look at J.P. Sears. His record before this game was 5-0 and with an ERA of 1.93. So not too many people talking about that one, but, again, almost equally as painful as the Jordan Montgomery. You just, you know, trade him away and the guy, you know, comes up aces there Why the guy you, you had, Frankie Montas, was struggling a little bit. So uh, there's going to be an opportunity for, the, you know, the Yankees for Cole, maybe rectify himself a little bit and for the Yankees to kind of, you know, maybe to stop the J.P. Sears there and just get a win against him just to quiet down. It's like, hey, why are you trading all these great guys there? So the game was scoreless into the fifth inning with two run, runners on. Aaron Judge um, um, hit a ball, dead center field, crushed it. Put the Yankees up at that point, three to nothing. It would be his 49th home run of the season, and put the Yankees up three nothing against Sears. And that was more enough for Cole, who uh, pitched great into the eighth inning. Uh, just gave up a solo home run uh, to Jonah Bride there. That was his only blemish. Uh, scattered his three hits again. It was just gave up the solo home run, but pitched into the eighth inning, a dominating performance with 11 strikeouts. Again, something Garrett Cole needed. It needed to start like this again on the road. Again, I know Oakland may not be the greatest hitting team in the world, but again, it's been a while since we had. You know, you just want to see Cole get a win. Again, he kind of got a couple of hard luck um, losses. Of course, again, he had the um, one nothing loss against the Rays, where the Yankee offense gave him nothing. And of course, got the no decision, giving you know seven shutout innings against the Seattle Mariners. But again, the Yankees scratching no runs across from him. So some of it is bad luck, I and mean, some of it has been his own doing. But good to see him have a good performance and get a little enough offense to get a win there. Um, the Yankees will take the first game, uh, 3-2. In the ninth inning there, got a little dicey. They had to use Wandy Peralta again in the ninth inning. Just because right now the Yankees don't really have a closer this time. They were able to sc- scratch one run across. But Peralta finally able to get the last out there. And the Yankees hold on uh, to take the 3-2 win. And again, take the first two games of the four-game series. And now your eyes are widening up. Maybe the Yankees could take 3 or 4. Maybe even sweep this and you know have a nice little winning streak here uh, you know, to help you know get into September. So the Yankees are riding a five-game winning streak, which like looked like a 20-game winning streak. This is what the Yankees have been struggling uh, the previous weeks before that. Unfortunately, the Yankees hit a bit of a wall uh, in the remaining final two games of the Oakland series. 
Now, Domingo Herman was on the mound against Adam Aller, and again, you would kind of like the Yankees' chances when this is the way they were in the first two games. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the Yankees was pretty much go back to their kind of not scoring runs in any ways. In fact, they were barely lucky to get able to get a hit, only scratch, scratching one official hit in this game, which was a double by Cabrera in the sixth inning. Um, now, the good news for the Yankees in this game is that Domingo Herman also gave a strong performance, pitching into the eighth inning, um, 7.2 innings uh, there. No runs, only scattering uh, three hits there with five strikeouts. But unfortunately, the Yankee offense didn't back him up at all. Now, the Yankees, despite only having one hit in this game, almost won it. And they took a lead in the 10th inning uh, with a couple of runners on. Benintendi and um, Donaldson on base, um, able to score on a wild pitch uh, by um, uh, A.J. Puck there with D.J. LeMayo up at the bat there. It was a wild pitch as well as a throw to home uh, went astray too. So both runners able to score. The Yankees take a 2-0 lead there. And you figure, all right, great, 2-0. And they go win, uh, you know, walk away and take the first three games of the series. Unfortunately for Rob Marinaccio, who overall for the Yankees have had a great season and no blemishes there, finally had a blemish, did a big no-no, again with the ghost runner on, gave up a two-run home run to Stephen Vaux. Tied the game at that point. This would go into the 11th inning, the bottom of the 11th there. And then, unfortunately, Yankees unable to turn a double play. Actually, uh, a bad throw by DJ LeMayu from second to first base. And Oakland was able to come around, put the winning run across the plate, and the Yankees drop in the first game in pretty bad fashion. And now, I want to call this a terrible loss. I know they had the, they had the lead early 2-0, and they only scratched one hit in the game. But just the fact the Yankees won the five games before that, you, you don't really feel too bad about the loss. I mean, the Yankees had some real bad losses against the Boston Red Sox and Fenway. Like some of those losses were much worse than this one. Uh, this was just more of a little bit of annoyance. And again, the fact that it seemed like the Yankees turned the things around a little bit. You got Stanton back a little bit. They're hitting a little bit better. Some of the you know bullpen guys are performing like Loisica. So yeah, they lose this game, but you don't feel too terrible about that. And then you finally say, all right, maybe we can take the final game, the Sunday afternoon finale. Now, a little after the third game, Yankees kind of got some, actually, you know, I would say double bad news. One of them was on Zach Britton. Now, working his way back on a rehab assignment in his second game, um, had to be taken off the mound. Turns out there's a light cramp. It's nothing bad. Uh, it doesn't really seem like it's going to be derail his return too much. Boone said that he needs about eight or nine games before he can officially join the big club back in the Bronx. So it looks, looks like you will, we will see Britton at least by the first or second week in September. As well, Chapman, this was really out of left field. I don't even know if there's ever been an injury like this before. Turns out, again, we haven't seen him in a couple of games. You're kind of wondering why. Well, since, since retroactive August 24th has been dealing with an infection on his leg, due to a, an infection from a tattoo he got on his leg, which, you know... You're in the middle of the season. I mean, is this really the time to get a tattoo? You can't wait a month or two, wait until the season's over. You really have to get this tattoo. I mean, no one can see it anyway. You have, you have your, your pants on. I don't know why he needs a tattoo like this. So he's going to be out for a while. Looks like this needs a little penicillin and stuff like, some antibiotics to get over this. But at a time when the Yankees are down a little bit with Scott Efros on the IL, as well as Albert Abreu. And again, I know Holmes is working his way back, but the Yankee bullpen a little bit thin there. Really not maybe the time you want to get a tattoo. So, and again, he's probably after the season, I think he's done. I think this Yankees is fed up with him. So, whatever that situation is. But as for the um, the final game itself, now Frankie Montas, you think he would have been slated. To, uh, he was slated, could have pitched this game if you wanted. You figure it's, his, it's where he used to pitch. You'll be familiar with the mound on Oakland. But they decided to go with Clark Schmidt, the spot start on this one. Maybe give him an extra breather with there. But this game was not, um, this was an absolute dud for the Yankees. They jumped on Clark Schmidt early. The Yankees were in a 4 nothing hole. The Yankees would scat, scratch across a run, but the Yankees would go down in a whimper. 4-1, to one, had to split the series 2-2 in Oakland, which you don't really want that. The Yankees really should have took 3-4, out of four, really should have swept the team. But at this point, still, 
Yankees, you still feel a little bit better than you did about two weeks ago uh, when the Yankees were just not scoring anything. You had all these injuries, and you didn't know if Stanton was going to come back and all like that. Oh, my God. And all the trades Cashman made were terrible. At least things a little bit more stable now. And now they could go over to Anaheim, another team that's struggling, and possibly put a little, little win streak there together before going to see uh, the Rays in St. Pete. So it's a little outside of Yankee land, but of course worth mentioning that, you know, just for the fact that Aaron Judge is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, Seattle young superstar phenom Julio Rodriguez signs a mega deal with them, a 12-year deal um, through 2034. And actually, there's a lot of things that kick in and options I'll try to break down. Actually, could kick in and keep him in a Seattle Mariner uniform through 2039. So it's like, you know, we're talking about like, you know, futuristic uh, Blade Runner type of uh, contract here. I mean, it could be a possibly, again, up to a 17-year deal um, with, again, if all that kicks in, could be worth up to $470 million. So similar to Pat Mahomes, the quarterback of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs there, um, you're talking about, it might be like baseball's first close to half billion dollar contract. And it's just kind of interesting, these big numbers are being thrown out there just for the fact that the Yankees offered Aaron Judge, uh, you know, $213 million, which, of course, for me and you is great. But, you know, in baseball terms and, you know, these free agents, it seems like peanuts there. So uh, it's just going to be very interesting. And, of course, it's just what the new thing, you know, that you've seen a lot of teams do right now, of course. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are usually cash-strapped, giving an 11-year, $182 million deal to um, Juan DeFranco, and of course the San Diego Padres with the big $340 million deal to Fernando Tatis Jr., who right now unfortunately uh, is on suspension because the whole PED thing, and you know, that's a whole disaster there in itself. But nevertheless, the whole thing is that locking these players up, and again, Rodriguez, uh, just 21 years old, so you understand why the case is versus someone like Judge, who's now uh, 30, 31 years old. Um, and, you know, a little 10-year difference there. Uh, but just it's kind of interesting that Judge probably feels like he missed the boat. This kind of was on a year-by-year arbitration basis. And yeah, he's going to get a big chunk of money from somebody, but you know, not going to get probably any sort of mega deal like that, that you know, three or $400 million uh, in that case. Now, with this contract, very really interesting. Uh, so the base of it is a seven-year, $105 million guarantee, just a base of it. Now, after the eighth year, there's some club options that kick in, as well as player performance. So it's by the way, you know, you're going to see a lot of contracts being done right now. Because, um, again, the days of this giving like A-Rod $300 million where, yeah, he's good for five or six years. And then the rest of the years, he's hurt and he's not playing as well. He's terrible. And, and you kind of stuck with him and paying him like $30, 35000000 million per year. I think now a lot of baseball GMs and owners are getting a little smart about this, how they want to uh, reward these players and at the same time compensate them to keep keep playing up and keep healthy so this is a contract that has all sorts of incentives where if the player finishes in certain rankings of mvp voting that's how more dollars kick into this thing again that's why it could be anywhere up to 470 million dollars with all these little perks and things kicking in like that but it seems at least at the very base of it um it'll be a 12 year you know 12 year uh, 200 and change million dollar contract at the very least but again if all these other super things kick in and he goes the full 17 years with them uh this again could be worth anywhere up to 470 million dollars so uh not too bad for a 21 year old and again he missed a, he missed both of the uh series against the yankees so you know maybe as yankee fans you really get to see him up close i mean you might see highlights but you know we didn't really get to see him at yankee stadium at course of you know maybe don't see how great he is i don't know it just seems like a lot of money and to lock someone up that very early kind of interesting like that but again just for the fact that now the yankees are going to have to negotiate with judge who is clearly going to be the mvp um just the, the season he's having a phenomenal season i mean he picked the right time to have a good season and unfortunately might be a situation where maybe another team is just going to outbid the yankees which could possibly happen this just, just to see the potential of money now it's floating out around there 
Well, just as a reminder, I can't promise you $470 million, but I can promise you great Yankee content. So if you haven't done it already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, Section 420 Talking Yankees. Subscribe now.